FAMU is playing a very dangerous game when it comes to scheduling and the potential of a FCS playoff spot. And then also Virginia Union is on a seven game win streak in a very dangerous CIAA. Oh yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day every day and remember just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey's over just means time to follow me on twitter at south exclusives which you can find right here at the bottom of the screen i raise my hand so that you guys can see i am actually here at the the graphic at the bottom but if you're on the audio side of things and you can't see where my hands are you probably can't see the graphic either so i will tell you don't forget the s on the end starts with an s ends with an S. It's South Exclusives. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more when you visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Fam you, I think you're making a mistake. I'm just going to put it just like that. By scheduling West Florida in football next year in 2023, the fall of this year, actually, I think you're making a move that has the potential, a big time potential to bite you in the butt at the end of the season. And I just think it's a dangerous game with it with that you're playing. Here's the thing. For most SWAC and MEAC schools at the beginning of every year, it's celebration bowl or bust. But that's really just in theory. It's a it's a saying to basically express that if we don't make it to the pinnacle, we're not going to be satisfied with our season. It's not a reality. It's not celebration bowl or bust. The truth is, if you don't make the celebration bowl, you still have the potential. You still have the option to at least maybe make the FCS playoffs. It's not guaranteed. It's not an automatic bid or anything of that sort. But it is still something that is on the table. It's a contingency plan. But by scheduling West Florida, I don't think they're going to have that contingency plan. I don't think by scheduling West Florida, you are going to make the FCS playoffs if you don't make the celebration bowl. So now it really is celebration or bust for Florida A&M because that fallback is not there. You're kind of stumbling into the same exact trap that you had last year. Like, here's my thing is you can have a great season just not be the best team. We saw that happen to FAMU in 2021. They weren't better than Jackson State, but they had a really good season. And that really good season was rewarded by putting them in the FCS playoffs. That didn't happen last year. And instead, they actually got passed up for a couple of schools. They had a better record then. But they told you what it was about. See, I understood the disagreement. I understood the disappointment. Because you're like, man, I don't care about strength of schedule. That's what was used against FAMU. You just didn't have a strong strength of schedule as opposed to these people who had lesser records, but they had a stronger strength of schedule. So I understand why people are upset about that. I personally wasn't. I understood it and I wouldn't have voted them in either. But if you know that's what they told you last year, why would you go and try to play that same game this year? See, if FAMU is second place to Jackson State again, they're 9-2 and two yet again. 
and they do knock off West Florida and they don't make the FCS playoffs, I don't want to hear anybody saying, oh, man, why, why are you still using this strength of schedule argument? I don't care. They have put this in front of you, and they have told you this is the criteria by which we measure. You know it. I know it. Fam, you knows it. We can't sit here and act like it doesn't play a factor. Now, I will say this. In 2021, they played Fort Valley State, another Division II team. To me, I think it has a lot to do with the fact they did not that they did not dominate their competition in 2022. Had they played exactly how they played in 2021, in 2022, with the same exact circumstances, then I think you do see the Rattlers in the celebration, or excuse me, in the FCS playoffs. But because they didn't have that domination factor, because they didn't have the strongest strength of schedule, now you're able to use those things against them. If you're not going to have a strong schedule, at least dominate. And I think that would be something that could trump, you know, the whole conversation next year as well, is if you're just a dominant team. And that includes dominating uh, West Florida. You have to do it all. But you are limiting your margin for error. It's not impossible to make the playoffs with West Florida on your schedule, but you got to be really good. You got to dominate. And I will say this. One thing they did do is they did improve the D2 team that they're playing. Instead of just playing Albany State, who was a conference champion in 2021 going into 2022, and then saying, okay, we're going to play them. They're one of the better D2 HBCU schools. You picked West Florida, a team that was a semifinalist in the D2 playoffs. So now you have all of these things working in your favor. I get it. But this is essentially what fam you did. And I'm going to try to get an analogy going here. The, the committee said, we don't like short shorts. So what did you do? You said, okay, you don't like short shorts. We're going to come in with something a little bit longer. But it's still teetering on the line of short shorts. See, here's the thing. When somebody says, nah, you ain't making it because you got your shorts too short. You should come in with shorts that are clearly of length. If somebody says, hey, man, your shorts too short, come back again. I'm not going to still come back with shorts that are above my knee. I'm going to have shorts that look like I'm in 2003. That's what I'm going to do because I want to play it safe. And that's why I don't say that there's no way they make the playoffs like this, but it's a dangerous game because you could extend your shorts a little bit. And you know what? Okay, that's long enough. But then at the same time, they could come back and say they're longer, but it's still short. What does this mean in actual terms that the analogy didn't connect fully? When the committee told FAMU strength of schedule was not good enough, I think all of us sat back and said, all right, let's not schedule D2 players or D2 teams. I think that's what a lot of us said. That sounds like a pretty reasonable solution. If strength of schedule is a problem, I'm not going to schedule any D2 teams because it opens myself up to be in the same predicament as I was this last year. But instead of saying I'm not going to schedule D2 teams, they said, you know what? I'm going to schedule a better D2 team. That's something. That's a bet. That's a real gamble. I'm playing it safe. I'm just telling you right now, that's what I'm doing. I'm playing it safe. And I just would have removed D2 teams from my schedule. It's not that big of a deal. Just play an all FCS and an FBS team in your schedule in 2023. Once again, I do see a route where you can play West Florida and still make it. I just feel like it's an unnecessary risk. Why put yourself in that situation? Of course, they're assuming that, well, it's not going to matter because we're going to make the Celebration Bowl. That is the attitude you should go in at the beginning of every season. It's like I told you, most schools are going to say Celebration Bowl or bust. I'm not satisfied unless we're talking about the Celebration Bowl. But this is past satisfaction. 
this is to a point where you do you want to have that FCS playoff cushion to fall back on. And I think, fam, you might have just taken that cushion away by not actually heeding the committee's advice and improving their strength of schedule by a large degree. Instead, you made an incremental increase instead. And now you might just be bitten the butt at the end of the season. But we will see. Hopefully it doesn't come into play. But if it does and your balance or the fate of your season is held in the hands of somebody else and they tell you, well, your strength of schedule just was not strong enough stacked up to these other players and these other teams, you can't really complain. You knew the rules and you made a slight tweak when you should have just changed completely. But who do I know? We'll see in November, December about how this goes. Hopefully, fam, you doesn't isn't too affected by this. But going forward, we're going to talk about Virginia Union, who is in a very tough CIAA conference. And men's basketball is off to a seven or is currently on a seven game win streak. And I think it shows the resolve of that team or the the, the, the strength of that team. And then also just how talented that conference is. And we'll talk about that as we continue with Locked on HBCU. And as we push forward with the episode, we're going to switch gears to basketball and talk about Virginia Union. They're on a seven-game win streak. They're currently 8-2 and two in the conference. And you would think that means that things have been pretty easy sledding. No, this is a very battle-tested and very tough seven games in a row. And I'm going to tell you why this is in no way a reflection of a weak CIAA as we continue with Locked on HBCU. Before I get into that, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is our newest sponsor here at the network. We're very excited. We're only here for... A week and a half, you know, that's just a week and a half that they've been around. So, yeah, this is still pretty, pretty stinking new. But if you are new to FanDuel, I have a nice little addition for you. Make a $5 bet. You make a $5 bet and you're going to get over $1,000 in free bets, win or lose. Right. So there's no real such thing as losing. You lose a bet. Oh, you get thousand dollars back in free bets. I love FanDuel for that. You can look at same game parlays. You can look at the money line. And matter of fact, Sean Payton just went to the Denver Broncos and he was just traded from the New Orleans Saints to the Denver Broncos. I thought my guy Ross had a great episode on that. So make sure you guys are checking that out. But then also what are going to be Denver's future odds next year? Once the Super Bowl is over and you start rolling out future eyes for what they think teams are going to be with a former Super Bowl winning head coach, what do the Broncos look like? Make sure you check out Locked On Broncos as well to get the other side of that. But wherever you decide, put your money down on FanDuel at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. Make every moment more. And as you keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. For your second listen, check out Locked on NFL Draft. They're live in Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl. You can hear things about Isaiah Land, things about Aubrey Miller. Are they standing out amongst the competition, which is always going to be the goal? Well, you got to listen to Locked on NFL Draft to actually know about that. And you can hear that live wherever you get your podcast at 8 p.m. Central. And if you miss it, you can always catch it on YouTube. Uh, wherever you listen your audio as well. Now I want to talk about Virginia Union because Virginia Union has won seven in a row. They're currently eight and two. And those things might make you think two things. It might think that their record and their win streak insinuates that the conference is weak. Might make you think that it's been easy sledding. Well, both of those would be wrong. Both of those, I would understand why you would think it, but they would both also be wrong. And you'll be proven correct the cliche of what happens when you assume. That's what they say about assuming, man, because this is a hard fought. This is a battle tested, really difficult eight and two, seven in a row. It hasn't been easy by any means. So I think that 
it being in a tough conference, a conference that is pretty good up top for sure, and they really don't have too many bottom-feeding teams, doing that in a conference like this makes it even more impressive, and I think it adds a layer of praise to to uh, Virginia Union, one that when you praise the conference that you're doing this in, for example, if you win the SEC in football, people are like, oh, no, no, you for real. You win the Pac-12 in football, nah, it's different. When your conference is known to be tough, when your conference is difficult to get through, and you do that, you get a little bit more praise. And that's how I'm looking at Virginia Union. They are the SEC football in that analogy. So looking at them, first off, they have five teams that have seven victories or more. Yeah, five teams with seven victories or more. And actually, Union has beaten all of them except for one. But that's a lot of teams that have been performing very well. So you don't have a big-time lead or anything. You're right next to Virginia Union, or excuse me, you're right next to Virginia State. You're right next to Fayetteville State. One game lost, and you're right there in a tie with them. But you did knock off both of those teams, so you would win that tiebreaker. Excuse me. And then, like I said, they've been battle-tested. This has been a hard 8-2. and two. In these last 12 games, I know it includes a couple of non-conferences, non-conference games, and that's how you get to 12 games out of 8-2, and two, which is only 10. But... You've had four overtime games, one of which wasn't in the conference, but the other three were. You're 3-1 and one in those games. The only one you lost was the Claflin, who was also a seven-win team, and that's the one team that you weren't able to knock off. And even the games that weren't close, or excuse me, weren't overtime games, they were still close. Games like Shaw, in which they only won by three points, had a couple of games decided in the last 10 seconds of the game. Their victory over Bowie State when they win by over 20 points is a rarity. That's the aberration. That's the exception. And a lot of times when you're on seven-game win streaks, you think that, oh, well, you got a couple of games where you're blowing people out. They have more games where they're very close than their blowouts. That, like, that's the, that stands, or that, excuse me, that speaks to the strength of the CIAA. And like I said, and I'll say it again, if your conference is strong and you have a seven-game win streak within your conference, what does that mean? That, that's the I'll, I'll leave it at that when just comparison, comparing it on that side of things. And the reason they're so difficult to deal with is because they have a one two punch that complement each other very well. And it's not the pick and roll play. It's not just the oh, well, we got somebody who can feed the big man. And that pairing right there is great. It's the fact that they have two scores, one that's dominant, the most dominant score. I think he's still the leading scorer in the conference in Osborne. And he's inside, not taking a single three. That's not his game. But then you look at the outside, you got Khalif, and he's the guy shooting it from outside. So it's a, it's a situation where if I'm up on you, I can dominate in the paint. Or if we're close, we can dominate in the paint. If I have to come back, I have another shooter who can also shoot that thing at a high clip to make me, to make me feel like no deficit is too much to get past. That's a dangerous combination. That's a dangerous combination to have two of the best scorers in a conference at completely different levels. And a lot of people can't handle that weight down low. A lot of people can't. So that's just a that's just a, a thing I wanted to point out. Their their stretch of victory, seven in a row, eight and two, in no way is a downgrade or a diss to the CIAA. Them doing it in this conference is only a praise to Virginia Union, and we'll see what they do going forward because we're about halfway through the season. I think we have maybe about 10 more games left, and then we'll be getting to the conference championships, the conference tournaments. I'm excited 
for it. You should be as well. They're back in Baltimore this year. So we'll see if we can get Coop on the show, if she'll be there again. We'll definitely try to get her on there because y'all know I love working with Coop. So if I got an excuse, I'm going to find it. Trust and believe that. But another thing I want to talk to you guys about is just something that's on my mind, and that's the difference in engagement between basketball topics and then football topics. I want to ask you why you think that is and just talk about my side of it as a creator. Before I get into that, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the number one protein bar on the market, bar none. And this goes for anybody. I've tasted all of the protein bars out. They're either too chalky. They either just don't taste good. I'm only eating them for the benefits. That's the beautiful thing about Built Bar is because I'd eat them even if there was no protein attached, right? We eat candy bars because they're flavorful. They're delicious, right? But you get that same benefit when you're talking about Built Bar. But then you also get the health of having high protein, uh, low net carbs, low fat, Sounds like the best of both worlds for me. It sounds like something that I can, it's a perfect marriage, taste and health in one little package. Built Bar. I got one over there on my headboard that I would run over to grab, but I don't want to leave the screen blank for too long. So um, Built Bar is just delicious. I always like to keep one on me. A friend of mine told me that somebody tried to give them a Built Bar today in San Antonio. So we all through Texas, everybody loves it. I said, man, they got good taste over there because they know Built Bar. And if you want to go to Walmart or Sam's, you can get it right now, a variety pack. Or if you know exactly what you want and you can wait, I'll give you 15% off when you use the, lock, the promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. That's LOCKED15 at Built.com and use that promo code to get 15% off your offer. And that's wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU. Just a little train of thought. I just want to know, and I want to discuss the engagement on basketball topics. And I think this expands beyond just me. And I felt this way for a, a, a period of time, but I wasn't sure if it was just my show. I wasn't sure if this was just specific here to where the drop off between football and basketball. And it's significant. It's one that was expected, especially since I did this last year. But it's one that is definitely noticeable. And the reason I decided to speak on it is because I seen Gaither over there at uh, HBCU game day. And he talked about how I know y'all love football, but and it kind of spoke to the fact that people aren't engaging in the basketball topics the way that maybe he would expect or the, maybe the way that he feels like they should. And here's the thing. Football is king. I'm a football guy through and through. I wouldn't consider myself a basketball savant. I love football, right? So those two things go together on why I would click on football content more than I would click on basketball content. But at the same time, football season is over. Yes, you have uh, National Signing Day today, and we will talk about that later on. We're, we're probably going to have two episodes that drop today or the second episode to drop really early on Thursday, the same way this dropped really early on Friday, but at the same time, basketball is marketable. It's not football. I won't ever try to say, man, why aren't basketball numbers better than football? But I feel like the gap shouldn't be as big as it is. Basketball is very near, uh, very marketable. When basketball stands alone, you see a lot of success. And listen, this is not me trying to say, oh, why aren't you guys tapping into my work? No, I'm not gonna get up here and do that. I'm just telling you what I see from watching the landscape, and I think this is things that are happening to other people, where, of course, football is way more popular, especially in America, in my opinion. But basketball has appeal. But for some reason, when basketball and football share a space, even when they're not sharing it at the same time, basketball suffers significantly. Why is that? And I ask you this because you're the one clicking. What makes you want to click to 
basketball or football topics significantly more than, than basketball. If you just don't like basketball, don't tell me that you don't like basketball. Like that, that's that's a no brainer. Or if you're a huge basketball fan, don't tell me you click on basketball instead of football. You know, like those things are no brainers. I'm talking about people who are somewhat in the middle, clearly have a favorite, but aren't like, man, screw the other sport. What do you think? Right? Because football is way more marketable. That's why you see football on the front of every single thumbnail nearly. Because those videos are way more marketable. And here's the thing. People think, oh, well, you got you to gotta captivate people. Well, I cannot captivate anybody if they do not gravitate towards me. There's no captivation without gravitation. You cannot engage an audience that has not clicked. That's just factual. And there's people who, one of the biggest misconceptions is that I have 30-minute videos about one topic. And the reason I say that's a misconception is because people will look at the thumbnail and assume that's what the video is about. Hey, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not talking about 30 minutes about many topics. I might switch up. There's occasional videos in which every single video or every single segment is about that same topic, but it's rare. So I just want to know to you. Somebody even told me one time you only talk about one school. Man, I talked about nine schools this week. What are we talking about? It's only three days into the week. But I'm getting on. Get on a little high horse. I just want to know, what is it? What are you looking for in your basketball takes? Are you guys looking for player breakdowns? Are you looking for game recaps? Are you looking for streaks and storylines? What is it that you would look for that would make you want to click and engage in more basketball content? If you're an everyday listener, doesn't really apply. But if you're somebody who comes and goes, they're not every single day, but they engage when they see something that they're interested in, what is it about basketball that you believe or, you know, I'll open, this, I'll open this up to everybody. What is it about basketball that you believe generates less intrigue to click on a video, click on an article? Because HBCU Game Day has articles. Uh, uh, read a tweet. Retweet a tweet. What is it about that sport that does not get the engagement from people that you know or maybe even yourself in particular? I would love to know. Let me know in the comments below. I'm going to do more of these little think pieces, just things that randomly pop up on my mind. Not trying to prove a point, not trying to do anything, but just express a thought. Just that's it. And I hope y'all enjoy it. We ended up ended off the show with that. On tomorrow's episode, we're going to have Gerald Huggins talking about the NFL, or excuse me, the East-West Shrine Bowl, and then also the Senior Bowl, because he is out there in Vegas right now, right now at the Shrine Bowl. So we're going to talk about that, and we'll also talk about National Signing Day. That should drop later on today or very early on Thursday. But I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. For your second listen, check out Locked On NFL Draft, which is live at the Senior Bowl. So we got somebody in the Shrine Bowl and the Senior Bowl. But in the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.